The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. As Paul is speaking to this church at Corinth, he's reminding them of a few things. And in the first few verses, he's talking uh, about his ministry. And the ministry that he received, uh, he talked about was a heavy ministry. If you think about the ministry of the apostle Paul, uh, Paul lived in a difficult day to do ministry. Would you agree with that? We live in a, in a much easier day to do ministry than Paul. Uh, Paul had uh, different kinds of weights and burdens that many of us have never faced and will never face. Uh, how many uh, don't expect in your lifetime to face shipwreck? I, I don't... If, I don't I don't expect uh, to face shipwreck, Uh, but that was a common thing that Paul faced in his ministry. I don't expect, now this may happen, but I don't expect that I'm going to be thrust into an inner prison with my feet put in stocks and my hands in stocks. Uh, I don't expect to be beaten for preaching the gospel. I don't expect, uh, by the way, uh, we understand that uh, persecution is still in our world. We still live in a world where persecution is, and many countries in the world, but I'm thankful that as far as our ministry is concerned, we have the benefit and the freedom of religious liberty. Are you thankful for that tonight? I'm thankful for that. So Paul had much reason to be distressed. Paul had much reason to be anxious. Paul had much reason to be fearful, but he still spoke with great confidence in the Lord, great confidence and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, not just for his life, but also for his death, not just for uh, how he lived uh, uh, day by day, but also that his life would not be for nothing, that his life would not be for naught. Uh, And he he began to speak about this ministry, and in verse number 5 and 6, he says in verse 5, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. I want to give you three things that I believe will help renew you tonight as reminders, biblical truth reminders that I think will help us to have a right focus that will renew us. Number one, number one tonight, it's not about you. It's not about you. Uh, don't we live in a world where everything is it's told to us, it's, it's, being, uh, it's being repeated to us over and over again that everything is about us. Everything is about how we feel. Everything is about what has happened to us. Everything is about our story or our point of view or our opinion. Everything as it would relate to anything has to do with what we desire, what we hope for, what we want. And we live in this very me-centered world, don't we? And if we're not careful, we can fall prey into thinking that anything that happens to me that's bad as far as I would perceive it to be, anything that happens to me that's difficult is not supposed to be happening to me. Are you with me? Anything that happens to me that's hard isn't supposed... Anything that happens to me that's not fair is not supposed to be happening to me. We live in a, in a world of entitlement where everybody thinks they deserve to be healthy and wealthy, where everybody thinks they deserve to have everything that they want and desire. We live in a world that entertainment tells us everything that's in your heart, go after it, pursue it, uh, go after all the things that are in your heart. And I tell you, that could not be further from the truth when it comes to satisfaction. Because satisfaction is not found under the sun. 
Satisfaction is found in the Savior. If you think about how the, uh, the preacher in Ecclesiastes presented all that was in the world, he said, hey, listen, I got everything in the world. I got all the riches. I got all the pleasures. I took everything to myself. And at the end of my life, I said, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. He said, I was not only unsatisfied in the flesh, I was also unsatisfied in the spirit. Because it's not about you. And it's not about me. Paul said, hey, listen, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ. He says, it's not about me. He said, hey, listen, uh, our focus needs to be on Christ. Can I say this tonight? Focus on the treasure, not the vessel. Focus on the treasure, not the vessel. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, the Bible says that we hold this treasure in earthly vessels. Look at it with me in uh, verse number 7. He says, but we have this treasure. And by the way, who's the treasure? The treasure for God who commanded, verse 6, the light to shine out of darkness, how shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Can I remind us tonight that our treasure is Christ? We're not supposed to hide that treasure. We're supposed to share that treasure. That treasure is not supposed to be hid, but it's supposed to be shared. But the Bible says we hold We have, we possess this treasure in our earthen vessels. We possess this treasure in our mortal bodies. Boy, he reminds himself and us that we're going through life day by day and we're just human beings, aren't we? We're not gods. We're not God. We're going to fail. We're going to have, uh, we're going to get tired. Uh, Other people are going to fail you. Difficulties are going to come. Uh, Stress is going to enter in. Uh, uh, Persecutions may come. Uh, uh, Trials and tribulation, ailments may come. But the reminder here is don't focus on the vessel. Focus on the treasure. You know, a lot of times we focus so much on what's holding the treasure. Us. We're so self-focused that we lose sight of what is in us. Greater is he that is in us. You with me tonight? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. This vessel, listen, we live in this vain world. Everybody's focused on the outward appearance. Everything's on the outside. If you look good on the outside, if you're doing this on the outside, I mean, everything is focused on physical, fitness, health, well-being, looks on the outside. And the Bible's not telling us not to focus at all on those things. As God has called us to stewardship, But let me tell you this, if your hope for satisfaction is in the physical, you're going to find yourself without satisfaction. Because it doesn't matter if you get that perfect picture of you that you want to have. You're still not going to be satisfied because satisfaction is not found in the vessel. Satisfaction is found in the treasure. Satisfaction is found in Christ. He's the source of our satisfaction. He's the one that satisfies us. So many people uh, think in their hearts and their minds, if I, just, if I just got this or if I just was able to uh, you know, get myself and better myself in this way, if I can just be my best self, if I can do all of that, then somehow I'll be better. Somehow I'll be satisfied. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's an unending, unsatiable thing. Listen, I- I've seen people who have so much 
who have seemingly health and wealth and fitness and all those different things, and they, and they are so unsatisfied in life. It's why they're looking for acceptance from everyone else. Listen, even those who we would look at and that we would say we would desire to look like or we would desire to have what they would have, why in the world are they looking for so much acceptance and approval from everyone else? Why is their life full of selfies? Why is their life full of, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me? Because their focus is on themselves and they think if they can get enough likes, if they can get enough approval, if they can get enough hey, uh, satisfaction of people say, hey, I like you, I like what you... Listen, satisfaction is not in the vessel, it's in the treasure. Focus on the treasure, not the vessel. I believe if you're focused on the treasure, you'll have more joy when the vessel is what it should be. You with me? When you focus on the treasure, you'll have more joy when the vessel is what it should be. Don't get me wrong, he tells us that the vessels are supposed to be available. The vessels are supposed to be clean. The vessels are supposed to be yielded and given uh, to the Holy Spirit for use. He says, focus on the treasure, not the vessel. How about this? Focus on the master, not the servant. Focus on the master, not the servant. He says this, he says, we're just the servants of Christ, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. You know what this did? It kept him from two things. It kept him from quitting, and it kept him from self-promotion. Did you get that tonight? It kept him from quitting, and it kept him from self-promotion. Self-focus is draining, and self-focus is not spiritually sustainable. In other words, I cannot sustain myself through self-focus, but I can be sustained through a focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you tonight, church, where is your focus? Is your focus in getting all that you can from this life? He says, don't be deceived. A man's life does not consist in the things which he possesses. You know, people think that that's what life is about. Life is about getting things. Life is about possessions. He says, don't be deceived. Life is not in the things which we possess. Listen to Ecclesiastes. All that I got from this world, all that I got, I got everything I desired. I got all that money could buy. I got all the pleasures that uh, I could acquire. And still, my life was not satisfied. I didn't get what I thought I was going to get from these things. You may be drained tonight because your focus is wrong. Because you're focused on yourself instead of the Savior. Because you're focused on the vessel instead of the treasure. The servant instead of the master. Where's our eyes tonight? Are you with me tonight? If you really want to be renewed, you're going to have to put your focus back on Christ. Because it's not about you. Number two, your outlook determines your attitude. Your outlook determines your attitude. Look at verse number 13. We having the same spirit of faith. He says, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Look at verse number 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. Worketh for us. 
a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Your outlook determines your attitude. He says in verse number 13, spirit of faith. You know what? He's not talking about an extra gift of faith. Some people say, I need this extra gift, this gift of faith. Paul's not talking about an extra gift of faith. He's talking about the attitude, the spirit that every believer should have. The spirit that every believer should have. In other words, the spirit of faith should be present in every believer. Would you agree with that tonight? Our outlook should be an outlook of faith, should it not? So my focus and my attitude should be one of faith. And he's saying, hey, listen, my outlook determines my attitude. Uh, When I have the right outlook, notice what he says. When I have a spirit of faith, when I have an outlook of faith, when I have this attitude of faith, everything is for my good. Look at verse number 15. For all things are for your sakes. For all things, this sounds like Romans 8, 28, doesn't it? And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. He says, for all things are for your sakes. Look at verse number 17 again. Affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. Verse number 16. We faint not. What's he saying? He's saying, if I have the right outlook, I understand that everything is for my good. If I have the right outlook, I won't faint. I won't quit. If I have the right outlook, affliction is light and temporary, and glory is important and eternal. The glory of God. How about this? Trials work for me, not against me. Wow. Trials work for me, not against me. You know, some of us need to just allow our trials to work for us instead of working against us. Everybody thinks that all the trials that they're facing right now are against them. You know what God says? Have faith to believe that the trials you're facing right now are for you. They're for you. In other words, God is allowing you to face these difficulties and trials. Let me ask you a question tonight. Do you believe that Paul went through the trials he went through because it was the will of God for him and his ministry? So why do we think that it's not the will of God for us? Why do we think that it's the will of God for some to suffer, but not for us to suffer? That everything that happens to us that's negative as we would see it. See, a a, a faith-filled outlook, when I have the right outlook, when I have a spirit of faith, difficulty that comes in my life can work for me instead of against me. It can actually make me more like Christ. It can actually conform me to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, you can live defeated if you want to. You can faint and quit if you want to. And if you're self-focused, you will. But if you're focused on Christ, difficulties, get this, come on, you with me tonight? This is where the rubber meets the road, church. Sickness, uh, financial struggles, uh, uh, all kinds of things that happen, family difficulties and problems, All these things that happen according to those that are in Christ, to those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose, all these things work for us, not against us. They're for our good and for God's glory. Uh, We were having lunch this afternoon, and my son was talking about being at Granny's, my mom's house, when he's sick. And there's been a couple times that he's been there. He said, I don't like being there when I'm sick. And I said, why? He said, because she gives us nasty stuff. 
She gives us things that are gross. She said she knew we could not swallow pills, and so he went on to talk about how she had made them into powder and made them eat the powder of the pill instead of, you know, that, you know, because, you know, grandmas, you know, they, some grandmas, especially this grandma, my mother, who likes to save a buck, she's not going to go out and buy the liquid uh, version. She has the, she has the medicine, just crush the thing up and swallow it. You know, put a little peanut butter or whatever it is. And, and my kids are like, okay, I don't want to be sick anymore. I don't want to be sick anymore. I'm, I'm cured. I don't need anything. It's amazing how sometimes hardship and difficulty. Listen, if we have a correct outlook and view, the things that we're given that don't taste good, that don't feel good, that don't seem good, can be good. Hey, listen, remember Joseph, everything that others meant for you to evil, God meant it unto you for good. That's what he's saying. And listen, I'm not saying that everybody that does evil to you means it to you for good. I'm saying that God means it to you for good. Do you believe that anything happens in your life that God is not in control of? God can, God can turn uh, things. God can turn situations. God can take things away. Hey, listen, even Paul said, Lord, I've got this thorn in my flesh. I've got this difficulty. I've got this trial that's in my life right now. And Lord, will you remove it from me? And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. What's he saying? You need this. You need this. You know, some of us would do good tonight if we would change our attitude. By changing our outlook. We would just say, hey, I'm going to have an outlook of faith. I'm going to have a spirit of faith. I'm going to believe if God has allowed it in my life, that he means it to me for good. That it is working for me, not working against me. That's amazing, isn't it? Hey, God says this. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice the outlook. It changes his outlook about affliction. Notice what he says in verse number 17. For our what? Like who describes difficulty as being easy? He's literally saying, my easy difficulty. That doesn't make any sense. This light affliction. Does anybody want some affliction tonight? You can sign up at the welcome desk on the way out for some light affliction. I don't want any affliction. I don't even want light affliction. How about you? We're babies, aren't we? We don't want any difficulty. We don't want any weight. We don't want any burdens. Hey, listen, one, because it's not about me, and a lot of times I'm so focused on me that whenever difficulty comes in my life, I start feeling sorry for myself. I know I'm not in good company tonight that you never do that, but that's what I do. You with me? Nobody in here feels sorry for themselves like I do, do they? When you have difficulties, when you have trials. You begin to say, how about this? God, why are you allowing this in my life? You know what God says to us? I already told you. I already told you why I'm allowing this in your life. You don't have to ask God why because he's already answered that question, hasn't he? Has God already answered the question about why bad stuff happens to good people? Has he already answered that question? And I understand there's no good people, only Jesus was good. I I get all that kind of stuff. But now that I'm a Christian, I'm good. I have his righteousness, right? So I'm a good person. So if bad stuff happens to me as a good person, has he not already answered that question? He says this, it's for your good 
to make you conformable to the image of my son. And ultimately, here's the weightier reason. Here's the heavy reason for God's glory. Isn't that what we're supposed to live for? Aren't, isn't that what we're supposed to die for? The glory of God. Notice what he says here. Hey, he says in verse number 17, notice the contrast here. He says, light affliction, eternal weight. Light affliction, eternal weight. He says temporary, he says eternal. He says light, he says heavy. He says moment, he says forever. He says hard, difficult, weight, glory. He's contrasting these things, and notice his outlook is different. His outlook is is far different than many of us tonight. That we would not look at our affliction and make light of it. How many love when people make light of your problems? Let me tell you this tonight. I'm not making light of your problems. God's not making light of your problems. But your problems will become light when you take them to God. God's not making light of them as if he does not care. He wants to make them light to you. He wants them to make make them easy to bear for you. In other words, when I can see the glory of God, I can take the light affliction. When I can have eternity in view, I can see that what happens in this life is really not that important, not that heavy. It's not about you, number one. Number two, your outlook determines your attitude. And then lastly, tonight, we're done. Grace is all you need. Grace is all you need. You say, what does that mean? Look at it with me. Look at verse number 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the what, church? Okay, there's two of us. Now, let's the rest of us catch it up because we're even uh, letting you be lazy, not look in your Bible. You can just look on the screen. So, so some of you still won't say it. For all things are for your sakes that the what, church? Good. Some of you, I know, didn't say it. Might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. You say, why do you want me to say it? Because you need to say it. Because you need to hear yourself say it. Because you need to know it. Because you need to learn it. Because you need to believe it tonight. You need to believe that grace is enough for your situation. When I say grace is enough for you, listen, can I remind you who grace was enough for? Grace was enough for Paul. If grace was enough for Paul through tribulations, through sickness, through beatings, through prison, through shipwrecks, through death. If grace was enough for Paul, is grace enough for you? If grace was enough for Job, is grace enough for you? Hey, listen, when it says grace, it says abundant grace. You know what that means? It literally means grace that knows no end. Grace that has no tap out. Grace that does not faint. Grace that does not quit. When you quit, grace doesn't quit. When you fail, grace doesn't fail. When you're tired, grace isn't tired. When you're sick, grace is not sick. 
And I'll tell you, grace is sufficient for us. It is sufficient. It is all sufficient for us. It was not just sufficient for our salvation, but is sufficient for our sanctification. It is sufficient to get us through this life. If you want renewal tonight, you can find it very easily in the abundant grace of God. Because His grace is sufficient for you. For you. Make it personal tonight. Apply it to your current situation. God's grace is enough. It is sufficient for my physical problem tonight. God's grace is enough for my marital problem tonight. God's grace is enough for my family issues tonight. God's grace is enough for my financial situation tonight. God's grace is enough for the persecution I may be facing. God's grace is enough for me. Hey, listen, grace is all that we need. God's grace is a supernatural enabling for us to be able to do His will. You know why Christians are fainting and failing and quitting? Because they are ignoring the grace of God while they try to work harder. You with me? Ignoring the grace of God while trying to work harder. Can I tell you that is a recipe for absolute disaster. It's a recipe, what Paul said was a recipe for preaching to others and him himself becoming a castaway. He said, if I preach to others this grace, but I don't receive this grace, I don't live from this grace, I don't source from this grace. Can I ask you a question? What is the source of your strength tonight? It can't be your coffee. It can't be your energy drink. It cannot be your vitamin. It cannot be your meal regime. It cannot be your gym membership. It it cannot be, it cannot be those things. Those things are temporal. Those things fail. Grace never fails. It can't be your 401k. It, It can't be your financial situation. It is God that worketh in us, both the will and do of His good pleasure. Maybe God's working in you tonight through difficulty. Maybe God's working in you through sickness. Maybe God's working in you through relational difficulty. Maybe God's working... Hey, whatever it is, apply grace to that situation. And can I tell you this? There will be enough grace for that situation and every other situation that you and I face if we will just go to God and receive His grace day By day. What does he say? The inward man. Though the outward man perisheth, the inward man's renewed day by day. Oh, I understand that we're getting older. I understand that it's getting harder. I understand that life is not fair. I get all of that. Though the outward man is perishing, the inward man through the abundant grace of God is renewed day by day. You want renewal tonight? You want refreshment tonight? I'm not just talking about where you feel physical renewal and rest and refreshment. And by the way, can I tell you this? Don't ignore that either. Rest. It's not unspiritual to rest. As a matter of fact, it's very spiritual to rest. You ought to sleep 
You ought to make sure that you eat right. You ought to make sure you do all those things. But can I tell you, that is not where our hope is. That's not where our confidence is. Our hope and confidence is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And our rest is in Him. And though these bodies fail, He never fails. And though we fail, His grace is enough. Sometimes the songwriter said, I feel discouraged and think my work is vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. You know the balm is? Jesus Christ. He is the medicine. He is the balm. He is what can heal your soul tonight. You know, uh, people are looking to such frivolous things to make them feel happy. Listen, that song you listen to, that music you listen to, oh, it just makes you, makes you feel good. Yeah, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last. Alcohol, it doesn't last. Drugs, it doesn't last. Sex, it doesn't last. None of it lasts. You know what lasts? Jesus does. Jesus does. And can I tell you what? The morning after, you don't feel guilty. Are you with me? The morning after, you don't feel guilty. You know what's sad? All the guilt that people are putting themselves, even people who call themselves believers. And can I remind you as we preach this morning that fornicators and adulterers and liars, the Bible says, will have no part in the kingdom of God. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in Christianity either. Jesus is Lord of your life or you're the Lord of your life. And there's no satisfaction in what this world has to offer. But I tell you, all that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me. He's the fairest of ten thousands. Hey, listen, in Him, in Him is enough grace for every person here tonight. Every person here tonight. You know what I want to challenge you to do tonight? To not leave here the same stressed out, depressed, down, difficult person that you came in. Oh, I didn't come in that way. Oh, we have a good way of putting a face on when we come to church. But can I challenge you, as you would source yourself from other places to try to find satisfaction, as you go home to turn on the screen and numb your mind from the pain. Listen, you know, people just go from numb to numb to numb. They're taking pills to keep them from being depressed and it doesn't last. Taking pills to keep them from being worried, and it doesn't last. They're taking pills to make themselves happy, and it doesn't last. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. You want to have that in your life? We sang the song tonight. It was a good song for us to sing. Stayed upon Jehovah. Hearts are fully blessed. Finding, as he promised, perfect peace and rest. Hey, you know who has perfect peace and rest? Those whose hearts and minds are stayed on Jesus Christ. It's not about you. Your outlook determines your attitude. And God's grace is all you need. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, 
you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.